podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nina Kauser Show. Um, I've been away for quite a while. I think the last game I covered was the Man City one. You know, Guy Drinkle covering the excellent bashing of Manchester United. He always gets the good ones. But I'm back and I'm covering Liverpool, um, uh, sticking it to the F. Um, happy days indeed and a happy Sunday for me. And joining me on this podcast, don't get me wrong, it was not an easy game of football to watch, certainly in the first half, but joining me on this podcast, hopefully... Um, to kind of dissect this game and, you know, to unto the fat, I have two incredible guests. Let me introduce them. My panel today is Dave Horrocks and John Buskell. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, Danny. Thank you, Nina. for having us. No, no, no. It's great to have you on. So we've got a caller. It's the usual. It's it's the familiar voice of Kieran. We'll come to him in a minute. But guys, before I get to the caller, how do you feel after that? Because we knew they were going to set up quite defensively. So, you know, just how are you feeling after just beating them? Yeah, relieved. Mm. I'm absolutely euphoric, to be honest. I I was expecting it to be much harder than everyone was talking it up to be. I thought the United game was a a little bit of an outlier because they're in such a shambles at the moment. I thought they were going to kick the absolute crap out of us today. And uh, they were shithouses just in a different way, in a time-wasting way. I think Lampard was probably trying to do a Jose from 13-14. And uh, at half-time, I was really quite worried about coming on here. Um, Because I thought, if it stays like this, I'm going to be in a really bad mood. So, no, just absolutely delighted. Um, And, yeah, so chuffed. It hasn't ruined Sunday night. It has not ruined Sunday night. And we were talking before we jumped on the pod as well that um, um, obviously Burnley beat Wolves and uh, Everton needed something against Liverpool, but Liverpool kind of um, obviously did what they needed to beat them 2-0. So that puts Everton in in the re- in, in one of the relegation spots now. You know, um, So uh, there's a lot of chit-chat and a lot of people, I don't know if they're self-righteous or they're being noble, I don't know, but there's a lot of people saying we don't want Everton to go down. And you know what? I'm going to come to my panel and I'm going to ask them this very same question. Do you want Everton to go down or do you want them to remain in the Premier League? Uh, you know, before you answer, I'm going to answer it first. I want them to go down. I'm sorry, I do. It's hilarious. Why would you not want your biggest rivals to go down? And now I'm going to hand it over to the panel. And John, I'll come to you first. Um, yeah, I dead and buried. Can't, you know, I, I was a, a teenager in the 80s. I saw, you know, a, a very, very good Everton side wreak yeah. havoc at times, at Ooh. times. I have, you know, I'm, I'm not affiliated with the city other than 
it's been my first love since I was a you know seven year old kid in 1977, uh, and Ever- <laughs> and Everton have been a big part of that journey. And every time it goes around, I've seen some great players have the absolute kicked out of them by Everton players. So for what they've done to the club over the years, for the way that they have, I just would like to see them gone. Absolutely. I like it. Not holding back. No holding back from John Buskell. And what about you, Dave? I can understand where the locals come from, but it might help with the economy having two Premier League sides. But obviously, I don't care about that. I think Liverpool can hold that city themselves. Just saying. I'm afraid I'm going to channel Kevin Keegan here and say I would love it. I would fucking love it for them to go down. I, I remember uh, in the 90s, they nearly went yeah. down and ended up, uh, you know, getting a result on the last day of the season to stay up. I remember my dad, my dad was a big red as well. And he was saying, well, no, you don't want them to go down because you won't have a derby then. But I don't enjoy derby day. <laughs> it's horrible, you know. So, all right. It, 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 at times over, you know, the last few decades, very few times, you know, you've had a good bit of banter and whatever, but it's got so nasty, so bitter. Yeah. And especially the way they've played today, they're, you know, they're diving all over the place. They're showing the imaginary cards. That fucking Richarlison, I, I just wish he'd fuck exactly. off. You know, so they're an absolute shithouse club. Fuck them. They should go down. You know what? They they do have that tough, busky attitude for the championship, though, don't they? So maybe they are well suited for that, for for that league. Who knows? But guys, uh, before we kind of chat about the game, um, I did say I have a caller on, so I'm going to bring him on right now. Hopefully, he's still there. Kieran, are you there? Yep. Hiya, Kieran. Welcome back. Hi, Kate. So the floor is yours, Kieran. What would you like to share with the panel and just with the listeners in general? Uh, I thought it was uh, a very, very typical Merseyside derby where uh, it could be very scrappy and, you know, Everton were always going to come and just kick absolute lumps out of and be absolute dickheads, basically. Um, the first half, I thought, we, we you know, the first half, I thought uh, they were on our face and I thought we, you know, I thought we really struggled at, at times in the first half. Um, I thought, you know, I thought we did look a bit rattled by it. Um, so, I mean, other than that, there wasn't much to talk about in the first half. But um, second half, I thought it was a bit better. I thought once we brought on by Delph, he basically changed, he completely changed the game. Um, and, um, you know, like he always does against uh, the Blues, he always makes a big impact. He certainly does. He certainly does. And I'm sure we'll be talking about Divock Origi and the Merseyside derby in as uh, later on in the show. But thank you so much, Kevin. We really appreciate no that. No, no, thank you for calling in. And guys, I'm going to come back to you. Um, I think Kevin's made some really good points. So the first thing I want to do, John, and I want to come to you with regards to the team lineup. So, you know, we knew, we knew um, Everton were going to set up defensive and we knew that they were going to kind of, you know, park the bus. We knew that it was going to be low block. We knew everything. So, um, Jurgen Klopp's um, uh, team, did it surprise you? Were you happy with it? Was that was was that the team that you would go with? And obviously, let's not forget, we have Villarreal on Wednesday as well. So, Liverpool are really, really busy this time of year. Yeah, I think it was pretty much the team that I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And it's probably pretty much the team I would have gone with. The only change 
speaking as someone who has never managed an elite football club, <laughs> I think the only change I had going through my mind was maybe uh, Simicus instead of Robertson, because I don't really see any other game that Robertson would have got um, off between now and the end of the season if everything goes as it should. Maybe the mm. Newcastle game. But then Robertson goes and scores. So what am I, you know, who am I to say anything? Klopp obviously knows exactly what he's doing. Mm. Uh, I think the other thing that I, I thought when I saw the team sheet was, thank God Jordan Henderson is not starting. Because I think Henderson's mentality and having won as much as he's done in the game is going to be fundamental to what we will achieve or could achieve by the end of the season. And I think it shows, I mean, going back to Dave's comment really about Richarlson, you know, I was screaming at, at this the, the, on Swedish TV, uh, the mm. commentators are like, no, it's not, a, it's not really that much of a foul on Henderson. Richarlison pushes Henderson's leg as if to do damage. I mean, it was a red card as far as I'm concerned. And I was terrified that Henderson would get injured. And when he comes on to sort of play the, the final parts of the game, you could see straight away they were targeting him. So in terms of team selection, I thought Klopp protected Henderson quite well actually. So I think he got it spot on. It's a really good choice. I mean, the result speaks for itself. No, absolutely. I think for me as well, uh, Dave was, um, it was more like, he spoke about Henderson then, obviously he does come on later on. But for me, I like the combination of the midfield that Jurgen Klopp initially went with, you know, the Keita, Thiago and Fab. And I think people have really been enjoying that. And I think, you know, it needed an attack-minded response from Jurgen Klopp. So I think he fully you know, he knew exactly how Everton would set up in this game. Like, there was n- there was no ifs and buts about it. They were not going to be aggressive. They weren't going to be on the front foot. They were, Their intent was to defend, defend, hold the line, and maybe hit us on the counter. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to say that's our first choice midfield. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it as often as we'd like, but by God, when it fires, it, it's a beautiful thing to behold. I think... You know, with a lot of people that I saw on social media before kickoff, I was a little bit surprised that he did go with that strongest midfield because, again, we can't help it. We want to worship the fact that, you know, one game at a time. We all know, we tell ourselves that, but we're like, yeah, but it's Villarreal on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, So I thought he was going to mix it up a little bit. Like John there, I thought Simicast might come in. We We don't need our full-strength side to beat Everton. And so I thought this was the game to to rotate. But after that initial slight surprise, I thought, you know what? I kind of like this. You know, just... Uh, I don't know if you remember the Benitez days, but he, he'd always be rotating constantly. Yes. And he just never had the squad. Whereas now we do have a strong squad. And I suppose the only selection point where you'd say well it's probably not our strongest 11 is Diaz for Jota but then you know you can't argue with the goals that Diogo's put in this year so you know it was a really really strong side and uh, honestly I thought we'd have it wrapped up at half time (laughs) you would do and this is it you look at that team and you think I'm really excited about that so guys it was quite a frustrating half of football and Dave I'm going to stick with you because Obviously, we knew how they were going to set up, but um, and you kind of spoke about your initial thoughts um at the beginning of the pod where you were watching it and you like the first half you were kind of dreading it a little. I mean, for me, and I I like to get your thoughts on this. For me, it it was quite frustrating. I felt like I don't know. I felt like we weren't quick enough. I felt like we our passing wasn't sharp enough. I felt like our fullbacks weren't that involved in the first half as well. 
in, in terms of what they could produce in an attacking sense. But it wasn't, it was just kind of a bit like frustrating. And it was exactly how maybe you would expect a Merseyside derby. And I think there was some fisticuffs in the first half as well, wasn't there? With Dakuri and all these lot in the first half. I think it was in the first half. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was near the end, wasn't it? But yeah. I think that was a build-up of that frustration. I, I've got in my notes here, on 10 minutes, all very dull. Everton yeah. players, incredibly quick to dive. They're wasting time right from the start. Pickford is dropping to the floor every time he gets the ball. Every time he takes a <laughs> goal kick, he's going to the opposite side. We'll come to Alisson in a bit, I'm sure. But, yes. um, <laughs> you know, at that time, it was incredibly frustrating. And, uh, you know, there was an incredible payoff at the end. But um, I think the best thing I've got in the in the f- sort of first 20 minutes is the Rafael Benitez chance, which was yeah. absolutely fantastic. I think Mane had a chance, or he had a shot outside the box, didn't he, around about 21 yeah. minutes. And maybe your best chance maybe fell from two was the Robo cross to Jota, right, which went wide. Yeah. I mean, them are the only things that kind of spring to mind in that first half. That that was it. I mean, but the Mane chance was was at best a half chance, wasn't yeah, it? it? Was. it was quite far out. It, it, it was a good touch. You know, he had players all around him. Yeah, but you could see exactly what Everton were trying to do. They were trying to spoil the party, and the thing is, they set up their tactics. You know, at least the week before, so so they go into this game, you know, with the setup that they've trained for. But they've just had that Burnley result, and you're thinking, well. A draw really isn't enough for you. So it, it was a bit strange, even though I kind of get it. Um, and I, th- I think the other thing I've got down for the first half is, again, that Gordon, I think, could be a, a real player. But Christ, he doesn't half dive. Did you see the kid? To... Oh, oh, my days. He's, he's awful. And again, if he was a foreign player, yeah. you know, not outside of these shores he'd be absolutely lambasted that kid goes mm-hmm. down so easily but you know he, he kind of gets a free pass on it so he did get a book in but christ that you know he should have should have had more as well i think i've completely forgot about that theatrical dive it was the way it was the the, the impact of his fall and him rolling around as well that really frustrated me i think i just yeah. oh i was just i'm like get up you rat and I think that was my response to it which isn't very nice I I I hold my hands up but yeah absolute diver John I'm gonna come to you I mean first half what where were your frustrations um with regards to that first half what 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 observations did you make I think for the what frustrated me most was that although we had the ball and I was just looking at the the stats. Yes. Quite quite scary you know Liverpool had 82.7% of the possession mm-hmm. today. Um, although we had possession, we gave to, I thought we gave Everton too much respect. And actually we were, I, I felt we were quite lucky, um, not to concede more dangerous things around the box. I mean, there was that shout for, you know, was it a penalty or not? Um, I mean, I know the guy's going down way too easily in the box, but there, you know, there was that in the first half, wasn't it? When Trent sort of shoves the Everton player in in the box and you know i i think if that was us we'd have been screaming for var at that point now you know i have no sympathy with everton but i did feel that we were allowing them to come on to us a bit too much uh, when they got the ball so you know i wasn't entirely comfortable we we seemed we seemed like we hadn't got over the excitement and thrill of 
dismissing United without breaking yeah. a sweat. And I think Everton came to fight more than United did. And, I, I, it, I, you know, it took us until the second half to really get going. Yeah, it really did. I mean, Dave, they're talking about his notes. And honest to God, like, I've literally had, you know, usually when there's a game, you, you make notes and you see all these chances and you make all these notes. There wasn't an awful lot, a lot in terms of my notes as well. I think I put the two chances down and I put down pretty much what, what Dave did there in terms of like frustrating, not much happening, you know, dirty tactics by Everton to be expected. So, you know what? Let's kind of move on. I mean, is there, is there, any, is there anything you want to kind of mention the first half before we move to the second? Because I found it really uneventful. I'm not even going to lie. I was actually getting really frustrated and I think just the handbags at the end kind of summarised it, as Dave said, but nothing much or nothing great happened. I think the only thing I'd add is I, I, there used to be a six-second rule for keepers to have the ball. and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still a thing now, uh, but Pickford seemed to have it for about 20, 25 seconds at, at times, and I, I, I just don't think the referee did a very good job in managing the, the time-wasting in the first half. And Is that well, when, wasn't it? Yeah, when, when Decore does take out Fabinho, because basically it does look like Richarlison twisted his ankle a bit, you yeah. know, but the way he's gone down and he's stayed down and he's done it before as well, we had every right to play on. The Everton players clearly didn't think so. And, you know, that whole melee where I thought Mane did, he did push, I think it was Alan, wasn't it, in the face, mm. you know, and as soon as you lift your hands, <laughs> you're, you're asking for trouble a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I thought that whole uh, coming together at the end there was, was purely down to the referee. Fair enough, fair enough, Dave. I didn't even think of it like that, and I certainly did not think of it like that. So, you know, food for thought there, and it'd be really interesting. I'll have to go back and watch this. Obviously, we, we just podcast right after the game. Second half then, Klopp, I, I thought he would have made some changes a lot sooner, um, John. I mean, he didn't. He let them kind of play out. I guess that speaks better for Jurgen Klopp. He doesn't really, really, really make an early sub unless he's absolutely, absolutely been forced to do so, be it injury or somebody having an absolute mare. But he did. What did you make of the first half? Because I felt like it, the second half, because I, I still felt like it still was played at a pretty similar tempo to the second, to the yeah. first. With those no, players. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you on this too. I was getting increasingly frustrated. I wanted him to bring Diaz on because just looking at the way we were playing, looking mm. at the way that Everton were playing, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, Seamus Coleman on, on, on our right is incredibly slow these days. And mm-hmm. I would have, lo- I, you know, I was just like, I, I want us down the flanks to really attack you know, Everton down the flanks. And I, you know, I just felt, okay, we need to get Diaz on here to get things moving because, you know, Jota has been absolutely brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He's scored a, an absolute stack of goals. You know, I love him to bits. But it wasn't happening for us as a team. Now, an individual flash, you know, of course, can turn something in. You know, it always can be that. But I felt that we weren't creating enough chances. And it seemed to me... Going into very early in the second half, I was frustrated. I wanted Diaz on there because I felt he would give us the speed, that cutting edge to sort of <laughs> swashbuckle our way through the Everton defence and get us going. So um, as soon as, and as soon as that happened, you know, yes, he comes on and it, he starts to make the difference. And of course, uh, you know, the romantic in me, I wasn't expecting Divock to come on when he did. <laughs> 
I just love the guy. You know, the first touch of the ball. You know, his first touch. Mm. He, he 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 sets up a goal and then he scores. You know, it's just. I, I, so I was surprised to see him on. Um, I was surprised that Jota stayed on as long as he did. But Klopp, he's the guy that makes it happen. So he, you know. Absolutely, and we'll talk about the subs in in a minute. And obviously, you know the club changing and the players that came on. But Dave, I'm going to come to you because you know just talk to me about that. The, you know the the fact that club, you know, obviously kept the same players on. And uh, John, there speaking about Jota. I mean, I don't. I thought I didn't think he was overly great today. I don't think. I I don't think Mane was brilliant. I thought Salah kind of grew into the game. Um, but I think that would be my assessment of the front three. Yeah, I think it was difficult for the front three, wasn't it? Because they just, just didn't no have any space, space, in my opinion. Yeah, just no space at all. And even when mm. Salah got one on one with the Ukrainian kid, whose name I can't quite remember now, um, but you know, he he didn't get much change out of him in the first half. I have to say again, the disappointing thing up to the goal for me was Everton let us drag them down to their level. And we're not good at playing at that shithouse level, Um, you know. And when Coleman was kind of kicking out at Jota, you know, it was just a niggly little foul. But then Jota's kind of, again, he's raised his arms and you're asking for trouble there. So I thought, you know, they didn't, the referee didn't make too much of a deal of it. But again, he could have been uh, in a bit of trouble there. I mean, I, I think I've got down here on uh, 53, 54 minutes that Fabinho shot from just a daft distance, you know, nothing on and it almost hits the corner flag. And I, I just thought, right, that's not a good sign because that's not a sign of a team that's like completely confident, you know, it's going to come. Just keep being patient, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, so it was at that point I was like, oh no. And then Gordon actually had a, a good chance there. He had he had a few good runs down that left wing uh, against Trent, and he, he ended up shooting wide. And then you had, uh, he was flying down the wing, and again, Trent ends up taking one for the team. He gets a yellow card there, but I'm kind of hoping mm. that he, he clatters him a little bit more than he did, to be honest. Um, but then, ultimately, it's it's fairly uneventful until you get that double substitution, don't you, with uh, Diaz and Origi coming on. And I think... On 58, 59 minutes, that is quite a brave substitution because I think with managing all these games, all these substitutions are planned. It's not just see how the games go in. And, yeah. You know, it's all planned ahead of time. So to, to make it at that time is quite early. And we've seen from Klopp before, you know, he doesn't make 100% analytical decisions. You know, there is room for emotion. I can't remember exactly what his quote was a month or so ago, you know, but there being room for emotion in the game and sentimentality and stuff. But when Origi comes on, I'm like, this could be it. This could be it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and it was the romantic uh, side of the game that I I was kind of betting on there. And, you know, I'm going to bring you both in because, you know, obviously Klopp makes his sub around about 60 minutes. We were, the game was screaming for Diaz. It needed just somebody to run at them. I think it needed that and just a, a skillful player. And Origi came on for, of course, Nabi Keita and uh, Sadio Mane. Origi, I don't think anyone grumbled at Divock Origi coming on against Everton. Am I right, panel? No, I... absolutely not. No. <laughs> There's history, right? 
I mean, it's just one more. It's just one more shout for get the man a statue, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times on social media have you seen this week that Everton goal, the one where Van Dyke, you know, uh, slices the ball, yes. comes off the bar, and he heads it in? I must have seen that over a hundred times. <laughs> and you know, the best thing about that is, Dingy and um, Virgil Van Dyke is still berating himself whilst Divakarigi puts it in. Like, if you yeah. didn't look, he's still like cursing himself and. Like, yeah. God, it's, it's just part of the Divock legend, isn't it? You know, Champions League yeah. final goal, the Barcelona goals. The, I'll be genuinely sorry when he goes. Um, yeah. I think he's been a great servant to the club and I wish him all the best. Um, Absolutely. And I hope his story's not quite finished yet. I get that. But I also believe that, you know, he's what um, I think there's rumours that he's going to go to Italy and I can kind of see him doing quite well for like an AC Milan, you know, and him getting game time because he does deserve it. But my word, OK, so they come on at 60 minutes, 62 minutes, Robo scores. So instantly the subs have an impact. I mean, Roboff, you know, just scores it up the cop. I mean, I think it's absolutely brilliant that he does that. But, you know, the pass by Salah, but, you know, Origi was a really, really vital touch and all that. It was brilliant. It's just the way we worked it around the box and then Robbo comes in and just scores in front of the cop. And I think it was a nice work goal, um, Dave, but for me, it was a more of a relief thing as well. Like, oh, thank God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it was a well-played goal, but for me, it was just like, and I can breathe. Yeah. My first thought was, time waste now, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, I was so, so relieved. And it, it was great to see Robbo. I was glad he didn't have to take a touch and shoot because you always yeah. know that's going over. But, it's, you know, when he's coming in there, it was actually quite clever because, you know, Pickford was coming across the goal and he headed it back across from where he'd, he'd been coming from. And... You have to say the substitution worked because even though Divock, he just had the tiniest of touches. He was just, he was just causing a, a little bit of chaos in but there. But he was there for, for Salah to have a little, um, you know, to have a little pass with. You exactly. know, he was in, you know, and that wouldn't have happened if he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you could say that that Mane could have been there, but like I say, I think. Origi just does something a little bit different. And so I think it's Salah who has it initially, isn't it? And then yes. Divock lays it back to him and then yep. great cross to the far post, just nods it in there. It, oh, it's such a great, great feeling because, again, the longer it goes on at nil-nil, you're just getting more and more frustrated. The crowd are getting frustrated. I didn't really hear anything of Everton uh, fans singing today, but... Um, Certainly, our crowd were were very quiet, and so yeah, it, it was it was brilliant. Absolutely, and uh, John, what about you? What did you make of that and the goal? And where were your emotions at? I mean, because it was a well worked goal, but you in the moment you forget that you just like and wow, I'm just glad we've just scored here because you're looking at what Man City did last night, yesterday. You 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 know you've got so many things going in your head, and um, yeah. Where were yeah. you when Liverpool scored that goal? Exactly. You know, the clock is ticking and, and you you just start to go, particularly, and I thought Dave's comment about um, uh, when, uh, when Firmino takes a shot from outside the box, 
you know, I, I had started to think, and then when Devot comes in and immediately makes a difference because he's so much bigger than Mane. I mean, you could you could see he pulls two defenders with him, just just his whole presence. <laughs> and and then when Robbo gets his go, it's just you know I couldn't believe it. My immediate thought as it goes across to Robbo is, oh, he's going to miss. I don't think he's. I don't think he's ever scored one. Uh, I mean, he's scored so few, but I don't think he's ever got one cop end. So, um, no, I was really made up for him. It, it, once it hits the back of the net, I'm immediately looking for a VAR response, of course, because that's the nature yeah, of, of the game. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, just, you know, it's just a- absolute relief. And I think at that point, then I, re- you know, I really looked at how we were playing second half. We, we had got the attack. We got Diaz on, who was beginning to make a difference. We'd got, Did you know. Did you see the, his touch? Yeah. That is just making the rounds on social media. He's ridiculous. And I mean that in the most respectful way ever. Yeah. I mean, did he mean, it's just pure natural genius, isn't it? I yeah. mean, it's just, it was a good, it was a great moment. It was a good, it was a well-worked goal. I thought Salah, he fought, you know, he fought really, really hard. He hardly had any chances. But, you know, Salah was absolutely vital in the build-up. And and that's why, you know, even when he was on his, for him, dry spell, you know, this is why Klopp picks him, because he, he works so hard. He creates chances. And I think if you look at his, you know, his list of assists, it goes unnoticed because he scored so many goals. He was absolutely instrumental in the goal today. It was brilliant play from from Mo as well. It really was. It really was. And I mean, I mean, just that touch by Diaz. I, I, Dave, I'm sure you've got something to say on it. I love the fact that everyone's got their handbags out and it's really fisticuffs and it's really aggressive. And there's Diaz. We just like, check my touch out, you know, like just bringing the class back. But um, yeah, um, just get your thoughts on just everything there. And then we'll move on to um, just how Liverpool started playing better with, with the likes of Diaz and um, Origi on the pitch. I felt like there was more... The last seemed more lively as well. Yeah, I, I have to say, if if we'd have made any substitution at half time, I, I'd have wanted it to be Diaz. I, I yes. thought we just needed something a bit different, and it, he is just that bit different, isn't he, from a conventional footballer? He just seems to make different choices, and the reality was, it was still only one nil. You know that little control that he did there, and executed yes. perfectly, by the way. That's something you do when you're five nil up. (laughs) It's just the audacity of him. So I I thought it was it was great. And and the thing is, it's not just um, it's not just skill and and fancy flicks and stuff with no output. He genuinely looked really dangerous when he came Mm -hmm. on. And again, like the rest of our forward line, looks way stronger than his physical appearance leads you to believe. Yeah. You know, he just he's so strong and so tricky. He had a good, you know, there was a moment, I'm sure we got about three corners on the bounce or something daft like that. It, it was just great to see. Uh, I think, to be honest, uh, there were a few hairy moments when, you know, they'd get a breakaway or something. Again. Yes, I was just going to come to that because I, I've literally had that on my notes where we're inviting pressure here. And of course, Alison loves some suspect you know moments from him nothing too alarming thankfully but one nil up at this point and uh, I felt like they did look a little scary on the counter for me as well yeah there was that cross wasn't there that came in from the left and you just thinking well Allison just catch it and he he punches it out and I couldn't quite see I, I think it might have been Matic that it actually hits and then 
think Thiago ends up taking the foul and, and the pressure's mm-hmm. relieved. But um, at 1-0, we looked like we were... Probability was we were going to get the second goal, but we just left ourselves a little bit open at the back as well. But um, no, I thought after the goal, I thought we generally looked back to ourselves and we were switching the play a little bit better. I thought Thiago, again, had a really solid game without being uh, spectacular like he mm-hmm. has been in the last couple, uh, but but very, very solid. So, yeah, I, I was thoroughly enjoying it at this point. And, and actually, I'm quite a nervous watcher. Even though Everton had, you know, a couple of chances and looked a little bit dangerous, I don't think I was particularly worried because once we kind of got our mojo back a little bit, I thought, well, even if the equaliser comes, I, I feel confident we'd get another one. I love it. I love I love it. I, I was pretty much the same as well. I was just like, please just don't lose your heads here because this would be very, very stupid. But yeah, by the way, the, the way Liverpool were playing, I certainly, certainly thought, um, John, that Liverpool definitely had the upper hand here. I was just like, just don't be stupid. Don't give them a sniff. Oh, exactly. I think, like, you know, like Dave, my, my heart was in my mouth when Alison decides to sort of punch it forward it, it it wasn't so much that he was jumping high he seemed to be sort of jumping forward at waist height to punch the ball mm. which which made me nervous and i don't know about you guys but with with alice his tendency his penchant for for playing the cruyff turn has made me very very nervous and i kept expecting him to you know try one of those um so no i i don't i was i i was although we seemed to be controlling the game we had all the possession everton didn't really seem to be doing anything except getting a bit petulant i I wanted that second goal i couldn't relax until the second goal came because i felt that I mean, let's face it, Everton came for the fight. United didn't have any fight in them the other night, but Everton did have something to play for. And particularly, I think, because of the Burnley result earlier in the day. That will have put them under pressure. And I think, you know, they tried to make something happen. So, you know, that particularly down the left, they they, they, they started to threaten us a bit. Um I don't know about you guys. I don't know how how you how you felt that our defenders played today. But I think this was the first time, and I'm a huge Joel Matip fan. But I felt this was the first time that I maybe would have gone with Kanati instead of Matip, because Kanati's that little bit more physical, and given the physical nature of the fight and that what Everton were looking for. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I did wonder if Kanati would have, um, the result speaks for itself. So, you know, it worked out okay. But I did start to feel that we weren't physical enough and was, was Matip, um, and Trent, cause he, he was on a yellow himself, you know, mm. were, were they sufficient to cope with the threat of Everton coming down that left? The result shows that they were, but that was, you know, that was really my, my source of stress through the second half. I think that's fair and I think that's valid. I think Trent got his uh, booking later on though, right? I think he had to take the tactical foul on Gordon because he was, I think mm. he was straight in. So, and and luckily fouled him at a, at a good place as well. You know, that's where you do foul people if you make that tactical foul. But guys, obviously Hendo came on for Jota. I think you were surprised to see Jota on for as long as that he was. Henderson comes on and you know what? Again, absolutely, absolutely bizarre because 
on the 84th minute, all of Klopp's substitutes were kind of, in a way, involved in, in, in this goal. So, of course, Divo Karigi has to score in front of the cup against the Everton. But I think it was Hendo's cross, right, that led it to was. Diaz's kind of, yeah, bicycle kick. And then Origi just pounces on it. It was just beautiful. It was just... I, you know, for me, what I love about Divo Karigi scoring is the smile on his face. I don't think he's realised what he's done. <laughs> it was beautiful, though, wasn't it? And and the thing is, when, that, when Diaz makes... I mean, uh, to execute that acrobatic kick again hats mm. off to him it, it, it was a good kick even though you know it, it wouldn't have gone in obviously it seemed to happen in slow motion for me yes, I'm did. watching it in the far post and I'm kind of looking I'm like where's Divock in the box <laughs> sure enough he pops up there and it was a thing of beauty to just see him nod it in there see Pickford scrambling away um and Back of the net burst. It was just fantastic, and 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 then you know you know it's the uh, it, it's the result. There is that little bit of uh, you know that that time that period where you're thinking, right, was he offside? Because he kind of looked a little bit, and then as soon as they showed the replay, you saw he was about two yards onside. So so that was all good. But now it's fine, and I hadn't made the connection. You're right, Nina. That uh, it's all three substitutes combining. So can't really argue with that. Klopp got his subs absolutely spot on. I mean, I'm going to come to you, John. I think that goal went in around 84th, on the 84th minute. Uh, you can always rely on Diva Karigi to save the drama towards the end of the game, you know, but a little earlier this time round. But um, your thoughts on him just scoring and the build-up to that goal? Because again, I think it was quite a nice build-up to that goal as well because it was such a dirty, dirty, scruffy game. You kind of don't appreciate things till maybe later on. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think firstly, it was, I'm sure Jordan Henderson would have been champing at the bit completely to get on, um, just because of the guy, kind of guy he is, um, makes, make, makes, makes, the, makes the play like that. Um, and then when, uh, before it comes to Rigi, I thought it, it was going to sort of go out of play. It, it didn't seem to be doing anything. Is it, an, uh, you know, it, there didn't seem any pace on the ball. And Divock seems to move so slowly. He kind of like ghosts through and then the ball's in the back of the net. I couldn't believe it. And, and it's almost like, I can't think of many players that have such a, a sort of a fairy tale. You know, I, I, I was, you know, I was a child through Fairclough, but I, I you know, this sort of whole super sub thing. And I, I was very conscious of that. But Divock Rigi, I mean, he makes that whole super sub thing just pale into insignificance, really. The number of times he's, he's made, made such a fundamental difference. I mean, it's just brilliant. And maybe it did make me think, you know, how many how many more twists are there in the tail for Divock? Because I was really surprised to even see him on the bench today. He hasn't appeared very much lately. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not really been around the squad, and 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 of course, I mean, it was Everton, so there was always going to be the chance to be on. I I, I think the the important thing to note here is that he is still that one player in the squad in the squad and in in the strikers. Who is very different. He's a big physical guy who can push his way around and get into places that the other players don't seem to do. I mean, he's, you know, they're much, they seem to be so much more technical or, you know, fox in the box as Jota seems to be. But uh, no, I, I love the fact that Divi is so different. 
seems to move at a different pace to everyone seems to you know it's like there's a moment after he scored there was there was like two seconds where i thought he's hardly going to celebrate and then he really celebrates it was almost like he he'd sort of like took two steps where he was jogging oh yeah it's another goal and then the big celebration i i, I just love the guy it's just hilarious he is, he's dead hilarious. I think it might have taken him a second or two to register, but it was just wonderful seeing him get that goal. Like, it was wonderful seeing the whole team sort of celebrate as well, gather around him. I do think they love it for is, him, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he is genuinely admired and loved in that in that team, in that setup. You can sense it. I can imagine Jurgen Klopp just absolutely... I think Jurgen Klopp was absolutely delighted for him as well when he scored. You saw Jurgen Klopp's face, the biggest smile on his face, but... Guys, um, I guess for me, they were all great, but, uh, I think Dave touched on this as well. I think one of my highlights was, um, Alison Becker taking the absolute mick out of Pickford. Um, so you know what, Dave, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you talk about it because everyone in, in the stadium just like pissed themselves. Rose, uh, John's mentioned about uh, David. Good fair, Rosenthal, absolutely brilliant super sub. But unfortunately, he's only remembered yes. for that open goal miss against yes. Aston Villa. But he was a brilliant super sub. But when you played him from the start, he just he just wasn't really the same. Um, but yeah, I remember Suarez. Do you remember Suarez doing it against uh, Moyes? Because Moyes was... Uh, oh, when he oh, dived God, in yeah. front of him, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was criticising him about the diving and then he just scores and then does and a little dive. Absolutely brilliant shithousery. And the fact that, you know, Pickford had done this and, and, you know, I was honestly thinking Frank Lampard's team talk was probably, you know, guys, we've done this in, uh, in 2014. We beat... Or Chelsea beat Liverpool 2 0. We we just need to do that. We'll spoil the whole game. We'll get the crowd on their back, quieten the crowd and whatever. And then we'll try and nick something. And, and we won that day and we'll do the same here. So, you know, it was ridiculous. And again, I, I put fault at the referee's feet, really, because he did absolutely nothing to stop that time wasting. So, you know, of course Pickford's going to carry on doing it. So um, the fact that. <laughs> Allison actually just takes the ball and then, you know, we're 2-0 up. You know, even if we lost the goal then, we weren't going to lose it, you know. So mm-hmm. usually, and oh, you know, quite often we've seen him release a ball quick. Uh, there, there was a fantastic ball, wasn't there, last week where he set Diaz away. And, uh, you know, so to just drop to his knees and, uh, you know, in the same way, mirroring exactly what Pickford do- had done, all through that first half. I don't know if you noticed, but when Pickford did that, at one moment in the first half, he had this big, dirty grin on his face. Did you see that? And that's why I think it was poetic and beautiful that Alison actually just took the mick out of him. Because that's kind of out of character for Alison Becker as well. You don't usually see a religious man, you know, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just, you know, because he, I mean, he's, he always comes across as such, he's a great sportsman, you know, he, and he's always so positive. And I just thought, you know, what is the, the, the cricket? It's like sledging. He really, yeah. it was really like, you know, in your face, in, in such a nice kind of, you know, you don't see Alison, you know, such a big bear 
kind of guy you don't see him sort of you know losing his cool in in someone's face no but but it was just such a put down it was such a put down you know for me that that has to be one of the moments of the season because he's made he's made fantastic saves he's been a great player also mm-hmm. and then to do that as well it just was you know okay everton this is where you are and you're going to time waste. Well, oh, it was just beautiful. I loved it. I haven't laughed so much all week. Yeah, it was hilarious. And you know what? Obviously, the goalkeeper's union is a thing. But, you know, I love the fact that he's like, hang on a minute. I'm going to take the mick at you. For me, I think it was more the fact that he caught the ball. And he, it was almost like he had a light bulb moment in his head. Like, hang on a minute. I'm going to, like, dive to the floor and hold the ball. Like, it was it was a slow reaction to what he did, what made it even funnier. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do think it was um, a brilliant moment. And I think they actually panned the camera on Pickford and he just looked a bit, um, I don't know, what should we say? Um, uh, a little embarrassed, I think might be a better word for it. There's a I lot going he on in that second. Hey? I hope he did feel embarrassed because I, I remember Dibriel Cizé doing that. We We were playing the semi-final of the Champions League. We were getting absolutely peppered. And Cizé, you know, managed to win a free kick. And it's the last few minutes and we are on our knees trying to make sure that we don't concede a goal and and it would take us through. And he ended up winning a foul and he just looks at the crowd, pumps his fist a little bit, you know, because it meant something. But that was something like the 89th minute. You don't do that halfway through the first half, you short-arm prick. So, you know, I absolutely feel, I absolutely hope that he does feel embarrassed about that. No, I think he really will and he really should. Guys, I think we've come to the end of the pod now. Is there anything you kind of want to talk about before we move on to the man of the match? Any takeaways? I mean, I will say something. And then obviously, um, for me, I find that the more I watch Everton, the dirtier they're becoming. I don't know. Maybe I'm just scarred from them psychologically in terms of what happened to um, Virgil van Dijk, you know, last season. But to me, I just feel like if they can't beat you, they'll beat you up. They're that kind of team. Yeah, they're one of the dirtiest quite, teams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I I find that they've been getting more and more dirtier as as I watch them. I don't know, that's just my takeaway from it. People might disagree. Maybe Everton have always been dirty. I remember once Stephen Gerrard got sent off many, many years ago when he was a young lad, and obviously I was much younger as well. And I can't think which player he went to blows with, but, you know, it's always been okay. a physical encounter, the Everton game. But to me, they just seem seem more and more dirty. Maybe, could it be because we are significantly better than what they are and they're falling apart. I don't know, maybe it's an inferiority complex that's been displayed more and more and more. We've always been better than them, but I don't know what's going on there. But guys, anything you want to share, anything you want to talk from the game, uh, Dave, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I'd just say, I, I don't think they were at their dirtiest today. I, I think they have been dirtier in the yes. past. In terms of the, the shithouse tackles, and, you know, we, we remember Van Dyke because of how we were decimated with injuries at centre-back. But don't forget, yes. Thiago went out that game as yes, well. Yes, he did. So, you know, and that really, you know, stalled his kind of Liverpool career. And, you know, who knows what last last season might have been like with a full-fit Thiago. So, for me, you know, again, I go back to the um, kind of 90s where you had um, Joe Royal's Dogs of War. They had that great team in the 80s, and then since then, they've always been the shit outside. And, you know, the thing I was worried about as well is when we get dragged down to their level, especially being a local lad, Gerard was quite often guilty of this. The mm. occasion would get to him a bit. 
And it was Kevin Campbell he nearly cut in half that, you know, was an absolute as clear as red as as you'll ever see. And in the first half, I was worried if, again, with Trent, he was getting a bit caught up in the occasion. I, I didn't think he played well at all, but then he grew into the second half, particularly after we scored. So, um, yeah, I think the answer to your question is, I, I, in my personal opinion, I don't think they were at their worst today in terms of, you know, the shithouse tackles. But in terms of the diving, showing yeah. the imaginary cards, all of that, it's just a horrible club. And that's why, you know, I'll be so happy if they do go down. Oh, as we were having that little chit-chat there, Steve um, Steve B.A. In, uh, in Discord said they have short-arm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Nice. Uh, John, I'm going to come to you. Any takeaways from the game? Anything you kind of want to share uh, um, you know, this is the closure side of the pod where we just basically say what we need to move on. I think the only other thing that really went through my mind there was what's the mid, what's the midfield he starts with against Villarreal? Does he go with Does he go with Naby? Does he go with Jordan? I wonder if Jordan got a knock there from you know. We'll see. I haven't seen what Klopp said afterwards, but um, I. Th- and I've been a huge Henderson fan for a long, long time. And We're playing I think, warm, aren't we, with the first legs at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, just, I just wonder now if we've got to the stage that with Naby, Thiago and, and Fabinho, if that is, that, that, that's the midfield. Because we, we need to get the result at Anfield. Yes. You know, we, we need to put that, that tie to bed if we can. I think it's going to be way more difficult than, than a lot of us are, 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 are talking about. No, I'm, I, I, I think that was my, the other thing that, that I was wondering today is this Klopp, you know, saving Hendo for, for when, you know, for, for, for later in the week. I'm not sure because I just think that with Naby being where he is at the moment, it's, this for me, what started today was, I, you know, I'm like nine out of ten saying this is my first choice midfield. I don't know what you you guys thought on the. Well, the he did take Kater off at sixty, right? So he's managing his minutes. So maybe he does start with that three, and then maybe rotates with maybe like um, you know, a Jordan Henderson later on. I don't know. I mean, Dave, what do you think to that? I actually wouldn't mind seeing Henderson start this one uh, mm. if he can. I I think. In my opinion, you know, that starting midfield three is our best midfield three. But, you know, they can't play every game. Now, they always say you can't win, you know, a a two-leg tie in the first game, but you can definitely lose it. But I I think this is a game where you might want to play, you know, Henderson to start with. Probably still stick with, I mean, the the way Thiago and Fabinho are playing at the minute, I, I Definitely probably stick with them. Um, maybe rotate in Simicast, maybe even Gomez. You know, it's going to be a tough game against Villarreal. It's mm-hmm. not a foregone conclusion, as I think some quarters are maybe suggesting. But, um, you know, is it going to make a massive difference away from home? I think, you know, maybe maybe a bit of rotation on Wednesday, I think. It just depends how quickly the, the players can recover be very interesting and you know I think what I kind of look at is how Jurgen Klopp kind of manages minutes and when he subs off and when he brings on I mean it, he could full well start Henderson but I've got a feeling that it will be the the likes of Thiago, Fab and Naby Keita but hey it's it's Jurgen Klopp's decision and we'll, we'll see 
more of what 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 happens there but guys um you're man of the match now and i am willing to make an exception for this specific pod because it could be potentially one player's last merseyside derby you can pick a substitute so who's your man of the match who do you want to go to first (laughs) uh i'll come to you first dave so, I mean, uh, I'm glad you've given me that free pass because it's really tempting, even without that free pass, to go with Origi <laughs> because ultimately, you know, the goals, football's about goals, isn't it? And I mm. think, you know, ultimately he did change the game. He was involved in the first and got the second in a really scrappy game Then that I'm sure a lot of us were thinking could end up nil-nil. So Divock's got to get a special shout out there. But since you've given me a free pass, I'm going to give the other man of the match to Andy Robertson. Yes. I thought, again, how that guy continues to sprint at what looks like full pace for 90 minutes is ridiculous. He got the goal. He was in the position to score the goal in the first place. What the hell is the left back doing there at the far post? Uh, Deli Ali crossed the ball right across the middle, and uh, I think it was Iwobi, was it? Who was who would have been there to to pop it in, you know, in at the far post, and he covered that, got that way. I thought that was a really important uh, challenge, and then right at the end, right as the referee's about to blow his whistle, it's Robertson right up there, right in the final third, chasing the ball around. Um, so I just. I thought Robertson was brilliant today, but again, he's since Simicast has given him a little bit of competition. I think he's been outstanding, and uh, again, I don't know what they're feeding him, but I just hope he continues. I think a bit of healthy competition is is always a grand thing. I mean, I'm just I'm on I'm on Discord right now, and I've just read something absolutely horrendous. A Liverpool fan has been stabbed in Stanley Park. You know. What on earth? It's a joke, isn't it? It's just disgusting. Um, you know, but I I hope that the fan is um okay, and you know, and those um who were responsible are caught. Absolutely disgusting. It's just a game of football, you know. Um, mm-hmm. awful, absolutely awful. But yeah, hopefully not too serious, and um, he, you know the the victim can be seen to and get the attention and the medical assistance that he needs. Um. John, I'll come to you. Um, your man of the match. Um, yeah, Origi because he makes the di- he does make the difference. Yeah. He does make the difference. His his first touch. Yeah, I think. I mean, I know you gave the opportunity. I would give it to him absolutely. I also just think I think Virgil Van Dijk deserves a mention because it was the captain's performance. You know, I'd, I've never thought he's that great a captain. I think he's great as a vice captain. and I, But I've always thought that Milner and, and Hendo have, have sort of marshaled things well, taking the captain's responsibility. Virgil was excellent on two things. One, he cuts off um, some of the, the really offensive play that the, uh, the Everton forwards have got coming down the flanks, you know, a couple of big runs. And I think that's, re- you know, he's, he's never going to get past Everton, is he, after what they did to him last season. Yeah. So that's in the back of his mind. And also when, you know, it was handbags at, at all places and they're all losing it with each other. Look at the highlights. Look at the role v- uh, Van Dyke takes. 
keeps things calm, doesn't get, doesn't let anyone get dragged into anything, but he stays on the referee to make, you know, he's, he's hounding the referee in a very, in the calm, cool Virgil fashion. I thought it was a really good captain's performance. He yes. stepped up a level. So, so, you know, Origi, but special mention Virgil. I like the Virgil van Dijk shot and I like the Robertson shot as well. And uh, I think for me, Virgil van Dijk, he's just growing more and more into that captaincy. I think yeah. he's leading them out in the Champions League, isn't he? Because Hendo doesn't start in the Champions League anymore. If you think about it, it's always Virgil van Dijk that's leading them out. He's always wearing the captain's band. I, 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 I agree with you. I think he's a phenomenal leader. And in, when, when heads start, I don't know, wobbling, you need a calm head. I thought he was very good. I thought Fabinho was very good as well in being a calm head as well. He looks like a really good vice captain too. Um, Virgil van Dijk, but obviously, um, we'll have to watch and, and see how that unfolds. But there's a lot of sensible, mature heads in our team. Um, but yeah, I like the Virgil van Dijk shot. For me, I'm going to give it to Divock Origi purely because he does change the game. He scores against Pickford. It's hilarious. And potentially that could be, that could be his last Merseyside derby. So I thought for all those reasons, um, Divock Origi is the man of the match of that, of that game. Guys, thank you so much for listening. A huge thank you to everyone that joined us live. A massive thank you to um, Kieran for calling in and the guys that have been typing in Discord. And a massive thank you to um, both John and Dave. But before I let them go, I need some plugs. So, um, John, I'll come to you first. Where can people find you on social media? Um, you at- guys can, f- yeah, you can find me at John Buskell on Twitter or at John Buskell on Instagram. Be nice to connect with you if you haven't connected me hitherto. Give John a follow. He is an awesome, awesome individual. He's a brilliant follow, um, a top red, and his pictures are awesome. So, yes, loads of reasons to give him a follow on all his socials. Dave, I'm going to come to you. Where can people find you on social media? And I know you've got some podcasts going on as well, so plug away. Yep, so uh, Seattle Dojos on Twitter. Uh, Next thing I've got coming out is on the VHS Strikes Back. So we're doing a review of The Room. Uh, from 2003, which is a legendary bad movie. It's been called the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Um, so, it, but it is actually fantastic. Spoiler alert! But <laughs> and can I just say as well that it, I, I actually thought Matt played okay today, but I, I think Canate would have done a good job as job as well. But God, it would have been great to see Canate muscling his way into that melee at the end of the first half. Oh, he would have just had loads That's of fat. Have, have you seen him when we get into a fight? He just physically picks up the plate <laughs> and he swats him like just a fly. It's hilarious to watch. Yeah, yeah, he is awesome. So I, I think he'd have been a great shout, but I think he'll probably start on Wednesday, I think. I think so as well. I think that's why he didn't play today. But yeah, um, give both of these a follow. They are both excellent. Um, for my part, of course, the Nina Kaza show, give it always, always give it a listen. And, um, I will be back with Euro, Inc- Euro Incision this week with Theme. So yeah, watch out for that. Should be good. We're, we're in the, we're in the semi-finals. Exciting times. But guys, thank you so much for listening to this pod. Um, take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Till next time. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.